Welcome to The Investigation. I'm Chris Vlasto, Senior Executive Producer and your podcast host. I'm joined here now by my longtime friend and ABC News colleague, Matt Dowd, also a former, what were you, a political operative, I would say? Yeah, I was uh, chief strategist to Bush and uh, Schwarzenegger and a number of other candidates before that, having worked on both sides of the aisle. But however, in this presidency, you are an outspoken, say, critic of the president. Is that I would, fair? I'd describe it to truth teller. Okay. Well, that's, that's what I tried to truth tell her. I mean, I've, uh, as you know, I met with him uh, early uh, or a year into the presidency. So I've tried to be respectful to him, but I've also tried to be, you know, say what I think is going wrong or what's, what's, what's happening. Well, on this podcast, Matt, we spend a lot of time dissecting the Mueller investigation and all the congressional investigations. There's so many of them investigating Trump, it's hard to keep track. But now I wanted to get your opinion. I thought you'd be a good guest because now with the announcement that Robert Mueller is going to testify on Capitol Hill in a midsummer spectacle, what do you think is going to happen with that? What's the effect of that? Well, I think anytime, anytime you have public testimony on something, it's like the difference between how much effect a book has versus the movie about the book um, or the play about the book. And so I think it will have that sort of appeal. It'll get people focused that may not have been actually focused fully on what was in the Mueller report other than what was described as what was in it. And so I think it will get the attention of the American public. I don't actually know fundamentally what substantively will come out of it because Mueller, from all everything I can tell and every people that I've talked to that know him well, I don't know how much he's going to go off all the things he's already said. Right. And and is that a risk for the Democrats, I mean, I think obviously this is going to be there's going to be build up. There's not going to be a lot of news. It's going to be July, and everyone's going to sing Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller, and then we're going to hear the testimony, and maybe it won't veer from the report. I think it depends on how they question him. I mean, if I were involved in it, I would say I just want to ask you a few questions. Did you say there was no collusion? And I think the answer to that is, no, I never said there was no collusion. He'll go off and he'd say, I said there was, I couldn't find evidence of criminal conspiracy. Did you say there was no obstruction of justice? So sort of take what Donald Trump has described it and make Robert Mueller say, that was not what I said. Well, I think that's a perfect time to listen. Obviously, George Stephanopoulos had a big interview with Donald Trump. So let's play that sound from George's interview. It's like the witch hunt that goes on. Uh, no collusion with Russia. There was no collusion. And what bothers me... As you know, you that's, know, not, what, I, I know, that's, that's what not what Robert Mueller found. Says. It said no collusion. You know what? Nobody even brings Russia up anymore. What bothers me is when you did nothing wrong and they have a phony witch hunt. That bothers me. What do you think of that? I mean, what is he just deluded or is he just putting a line in the sand and saying, you better believe me this way? Well, as you know, Chris, you've watched this president for a long time, probably longer than most. Um, I think the president comes up with some framing on something, whether it's the birthing thing about Obama, whether it's the you know, New York Five, uh, Central Park Five. And he's very, he's very hard to shake from his whatever he brands, wants to something to be branded as. I think he knows it doesn't say specifically no collusion. But I think his importance to him is the branding of whatever it is he's talking about. And he never wants to go off of that brand because he thinks once he goes off that brand, he's in some problematic situation. 
So I think that's where he is. I think he is not going to let go of this. And if a Bob Mueller testifies and says, no, I never said no collusion, no, I never said no obstruction, of course, you, we probably could predict what the president will do, which is attack Bob Mueller and say, well, this is a waste of time and I don't know why we're doing this and there's nothing with the Russia and blah, blah, blah. But he won't leave his, his branding. Yeah, see, but I, I actually think Bob Mueller, though, is is going to be more literal. He does not want to testify. He's made it perfectly clear he doesn't want to testify. So I think we're going to hear maybe about 400 times. It's very clear in my report. Yeah, I it's agree with that. It's very clear in my I, report. I agree with that. And and that's where I worry people are going to be, like, underwhelmed by this. And I worry that the re- Democrats are putting way too much stock into Robert Mueller's performance. Well, I, uh, <laughs> it's not surprising on the Democratic side that they put a lot of stock in things that don't come to fruition uh, in, in all of this process. I actually don't think the Democrats have fully – I'm surprised it's taken them this long to fully acquainted themselves with the world they're operating in and adjust their strategy. I think they still act like – this is a strategy that we can deploy in a normal world and like it's 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And I don't think they've adopted to the reality in the world that we're in, in politics in America today. I was very critical of the fact of bringing John Dean in. I, I, I found that absolutely ridiculous. Why are you bringing a guy from 40 years ago that half the country doesn't even know who he is to make your point about impeachment? It seemed – well, and, and especially everything thus far, as as far as I can tell, there's been non-evidentiary. There's been no like gathering facts upon the present circumstances. I think the Democrats have felt themselves left with they can't get all the witnesses they want because either they're uh, they're being stopped from doing that because of executive privilege or some other reason. So they've tried to grasp at straws. And I think this is a fundamental strategy. I think the Democrats have to make the decision: Are we going to impeach the president? Or are we just going to hold a series of hearings and let this thing unfold? And I think they have to make that decision. And what do you think they are going to do? I don't think – I don't know. I think the Speaker Speaker Pelosi has been firm that that's not where she wants to head right now. There's a number of Democrats that want to head there. <clears throat> I think they're misreading, actually, uh, the politics. I think they're they're taking their, their stand on this, the Speaker's stand on this, based on what they read was the politics from – the impeachment hearings under Clinton, which I think they've misread. Um, I also think there's an argument to be made by people that you can. there's a difference between what's the political thing to do and what's the principled thing to do. I don't know where they're going to fall on this when we, uh, when we unfold. I think they have to make a decision by this summer. And if they haven't moved, in my view, if they haven't moved impeachment to some, some place of impeachment by the fall, there's, I don't think they can. Once the presidential campaign starts really in earnest. And do you think actually you're a person that obviously knows polling and looked at numbers. And, you know, I we've said repeatedly even on this podcast that the impeachment of President Clinton helped. the. De- There's an impression that it backfired on the Republicans and it helped Bill Clinton. We had Congressman Swalwell on. He said the exact opposite. He actually thought it helped the Republicans. And I've been thinking about that. I'm curious about your opinion. I, I think there's a mix of information. I don't think you can say either one of those. I don't think it necessarily hurt the hurt the Republicans in that. They ended up winning the presidency um, in 2000, which I was involved with, with George W. Bush, based primarily on the idea that they wanted Bush wanted to restore honor and dignity to the White House, right? And, and, and Al Gore was attached to some of those negatives because he was, he was the vice president of Clinton. And I think what the Republicans lost when they lost the House, some House, some House races, very few, it was the normal normal um, 
what happens normally within in midterm elections. I think Bill Clinton's job approval rating was where it was because of where the economy was, which was booming at the time of the end of his presidency. But I also don't think it helped the Republicans. I don't think it gave them a bunch of messages that they could use in a way that was very effective. So I think it's mixed. But for anybody to say it hurt the Democrats or anybody to say it hurt the Republicans, I think the evidence is very mixed. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Investigation. I'm host Chris Flasto, and I'm joined in the studio by Matt Dowd, ABC News political analyst. We're recording this podcast in between the two Democratic debates that occurred last week. They barely mention Robert Mueller. Uh, is that deliberate? Um, well, they barely mentioned Robert Mueller, and they also barely mentioned Donald Trump, which I thought was was weird, actually. I think that somebody should have brought up, like, you know, listen, as, as was evidence in the Mueller report, somebody should have brought up a series of things. This president, they could have taken Mueller, used what Mueller said in the report, and basically launched an attack on the president. I was actually more surprised they talked more about Mitch McConnell than they did about Mueller and they did about the president of the United States. It's weird because the defining, the one of the, the defining um, element of the Democrats right now is their desire to remove the president of the United States. That's what they, that's fundamentally what they want to do. Who's the most electable? Who can take him on? Who can do that? And they sort of left the president in, in without, with, with few exceptions, unscathed, and they didn't use Mueller at all as a baseball bat. And one of the things I don't think they calculated, and I think this is, if I were advising them, I would say, you want to do something that's going to cause the president to go after you. Because if the president goes after you, it helps you in the Democratic primary. I would have come up and using Mueller would have been a perfect thing because it would, as you know, it would have caused the president to get very upset, probably would have sent out five different tweets on it. That person would have been the subject of his attack and they would have benefited that from that. Matt, listen to when George asked Donald Trump about the Democrats uh, and the Mueller report. Look, uh, the Republicans in the Senate, every single one of them that I see know this is a witch hunt. They get it 100 percent. And that's what matters. The Democrats are going to do it only because they might think it helps them. I think it actually hurts them in the election. But there's never been a time in the history of our country where somebody was so mistreated as I have been. And this should never, ever be allowed to happen to another president again. A previous administration used the intelligence data and the intelligence agencies to spy on my campaign. Do you believe that President Obama spied on your campaign? I don't know, but hopefully we're going to find out. Which raises another point. As someone who's uh, been on a lot of campaigns over the years, Matt, do you think... President Trump's presidency and his campaign has, you know, we've become inured to scandal that it that it won't have any effect, that people don't care anymore. I think I think what's happened is we've become numb to the extent and the number of things that it seem, seem controversial and chaotic or in some people's minds corrupt in all of these things. So every time something new comes up, people are like, wow, just another thing and just another thing, just another thing. So I don't think. I don't think, absent some surprising revelation of something that has is definitive in some way, that is forty percent of the country is lock solid with him. I mean, just lock solid. No, that's not. Nothing's probably going to change their minds. And forty-five to forty-eight percent is lock solid against him. Lock solid against him. And so all of these things are done 
um, are seen through that. And I think the people that are sort of in the middle trying to figure out, I've had basically begun to sort of tune out, tune out some of his tweets, tune out some of the sort of uh, outrage. I think there's way too much outrage over every time something happens by the Democrats. There's just, you can't be out, outraged by every single thing, though there's obviously some upsetting things. And so I think that's, it's numbed a lot of people. It's numbed a lot of people. I think they'll tune back into this conversation, but I think they're only going to tune back into this conversation when the presidential race becomes really intense and we, there seems to be one candidate versus Donald Trump. Then I think they'll tune back into all of these. I'm asking a slightly different question about the Democrats, because even when we did a story recently about Joe Biden's son Hunter and his financial dealings, it raised questions about the appearance of conflict of interest. His people denied he did anything wrong. And, you know, it falls kind of quietly out there in the ether that no one seems to care. I remember a time if we had done that story, it would be leading every newspaper in the country and people would be talking about it over and over again. There doesn't seem to be that want to know. Well, I think that you're hitting on one of the things that I think is the most concerning in our country today, which is, is because there's so much of this is a big portion of the American public accepting the idea that integrity doesn't matter. And I think in the long term, that's not true. But in the short term, it's very worrisome because if we're at a point that every, they think everybody lies, they think everybody's corrupt, they think all of that, then it becomes an ends justify the means for everything. So it's like, I, my guy's bad, your guy's is bad. What can we get out of this? That's really, really, really problematic in our democracy. Right. I, I even worry, I mean, if you look at Virginia and you look at the governor of Virginia and you look at the lieutenant governor of Virginia, both Democrats, I think the strategy of saying wait it out seems to work. They're both still in power, no? Well, um, yeah, I think that's true. But I think this was in evidence before Donald Trump. I mean, there was part of the the forgiveness of Bill Clinton by it, that he certain things he did and all of the things, whether it's personally or whatever thing, and some and, and, and the misstatements that he had or the lies that he told, were given a pass. And I think we've reached a stage where the tribes are willing to give whomever is in their tribe a pass on whatever is their due, and then whatever the other tribe does, they want to get jump all over it. And I and I think democracies don't work when people are so tribal that they take every bit of information through a bias frame. It's, it, they don't work. Democracies do not work in that in, when we're in that place. Yeah, I, I know you're not going to predict elections, but w w I mean, Joe Biden is obviously the front runner here, mm -hmm. and 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 do not you a strong front runner, but a front runner. And and but do you think the big pool works for him or against him? It works for him because I think Joe Joe Biden's got a hundred percent name ID, and he's polling at thirty percent of the vote. Now it's good to be ahead, but when you got a hundred percent name ID and you're getting thirty percent of the vote. That's concerning. That should be concerning to their campaign. That works. Winning a caucus or winning a primary with 30 or 32 percent works when there's three, four, five candidates. It gets very dicey when it's a one-on-one -on -one race, especially if it's somebody that's popular among the sort of Democratic left, very popular among the Democratic left. I think Biden would hope that this multi-candidate field, maybe not 20 candidates, but five, six, seven or eight stays in place at least through March. I think he wants that to be. So he can win these caucuses and, and primaries without getting 50 percent of the vote, because I think that's the problem that he has is can he get 50 percent of the vote one on one? And do you think the Mueller report and the obstruction of justice and the president's behavior 
will be a front and center issue in this campaign? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think when we come next in the general election, presidential reelects are always about the perception of the president, prim- primarily about the perception of the president. And whatever that president's job approval number is, since Harry Truman, the president's job approval number has predicted what his actual ballot number is. So if somebody's at 44% job approval, they get 44% or around 44% of the vote. George W. Bush in in 2004 in his reelect, some people said, oh, he's vulnerable, he's vulnerable. And I kept saying if he's at 50 or 51%, he's going to get 50. And that's exactly what it got. Barack Obama in 2012, same exact thing. So I think it's always about the president um, in this. Now that you can tar up and, you know, go negative on the opposition to sort of make people uh, react to that. But I think, tell me what the, here's what I say. Tell me what the president's job approval number is in October in a certain number of states, not necessarily nationally, but in a certain number of states. And I can pretty much tell you what it's likely to be election results. So this will be a referendum on the president. They always are. Re-elects are always a referendum on the president. Okay. Well, thank you, Matt Dowd. This was very interesting and very helpful. Great to be here. Thank you. Be sure to hit subscribe, leave us a rating, a comment. We'll always appreciate hearing from our listeners. I'd like to thank our producers, Emily Wachowski and Trevor Hastings, and we'll see you back next week for another episode of The Investigation.